Uh, but fine. no, you you've uh, unlocked some sort of Mario conspiracy. Yes, so I found I saw a TikTok the other day. A that, TikTok uh, explained T I K T O K. Okay. That a Mario. You. Why am I talking? The, so, like, you know, when you beat a level in Mario, and it goes... Right? Oh, right. That is a sped-up version of... Or something to that effect, right? It's a it's a slowed-down version of when you pick up a mushroom, and it goes... Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, those motherfuckers. I did see that TikTok. I don't see a lot of TikToks, but I've seen that I was like, you sneaky... Fox. <laughs> I said when you said Mario sounds, I assumed it was his wah 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 who's um, and you were about to unlock for me that fucking Charles Martinet got in the sound booth for five minutes thirty years ago and they've just been using the same fucking MP3s <laughs> in every Mario Forever, game. Always from the beginning of time. Somehow they're Mario they've sound. been deep faking yeah. Mario this entire time <laughs> and from those original stems they've been you know, every time he needs to say like Mario Kart Eight uh it's somehow from that original set. They had him get into the booth thirty years ago. <laughs> and just record all the way one of everything. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so you know, based just on the stems that dictionary in the based, on, based on what we have, we can go up to Mario Kart seventy five, uh Mario Maker twelve uh, you know, we really, we went hard on some horses, so like Super Mario RPG, we did too many of those. We stopped making those, uh, <laughs> and we went too hard. We went all in on David Pumpkins on that. Uh, Jesus, but David Pumpkins. There's, um, yeah, wow, I, th- I thought I was about to, you're about to fucking crack Charles Martinet wide fucking open like an egg. But no, yeah, I, I, I have seen that. about to fucking shatter your world's, your worldview. <laughs> My hero, Charles Martinet, he plays... <laughs> All four main characters. Well, he does all the he does all the ones that wear suspenders. All of those are Charles Martinet. Uh, yes, everyone yes. else is, you know, Toad is his own man. Peach is her own woman. Bowser owns Nintendo. So uh, is, is Toad is Toad's head the mushroom, or is that a hat? You know, I feel like they did give us a canonical answer to whether or not that mushroom is his head um, recently, but I can't recall. Um, so I, I've seen <laughs> too many pictures of him gut. with it off. I'm not comfortable with it. So it's his head. I not think, I think it is in his skull. Yes. I believe the mushroom has come from the man. <laughs> I think it is in his skull. Yes. I think it is in the skull of the toad that the mushroom lives on his head is what I'm trying to say. I do believe it is important that it remains in his head. For I, his character to maintain his, what's the word I'm looking for? His iconography. Uh, realism. <laughs> if, yeah, sure. Yeah, because I, what I want from the Mario Kingdom is stark realism. Uh, what yeah, I think Mario's, Mario's going to be like the DCEU. It's going to be dark and grim, and people are going to fight each other until they find out their mom's names are Martha. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I, people talk too much about these movies, but it, it truly cannot be overstated. What a fucking godless wasteland that, <laughs> that cinematic universe became. It's truly, I mean, you know, we're watching season one of Community, right? And we, yeah. we've we seen, you know, it, it's 2009. It's a beautiful time. The Dark Knight graced us in theaters and made a godload of money. And then everyone was running around. They were doing a little Batman voice. They were doing a little Heath Ledger voice. And we were annoyed at the time. But if you told me then that I would be fucking... (laughs) 
<laughs> dealing with Snyder Cut people still <laughs> to this day. I would, I would be so much kinder to my friends dressing up as Heath Ledger for Halloween. I would. I, take all of those words out of my mouth. I didn't know how good I had it when it was that simple. Yeah. I didn't know how lucky I was to just hate Batman because his voice was goofy, not because his entire motivation is a fucking wreck. When football players told me to swear to them in a deep, growly voice, I didn't realize <laughs> how good I had it. I didn't realize how nice it had been this whole time. No matter how many bad Tom Hardy impersonations you've heard, nothing would have prepared you. <laughs> including my own. What was coming next. I yeah. like to keep the Bane impersonations alive. I feel like Tom Hardy Bane has crossed over into the same category that Borat My Wife or an Austin Powers voice has become, <laughs> where it is no longer the class clown wearing you out by just saying these lines over and over again. It's crossed into merely reminding us... <laughs> That Borat yes, was a yes. cultural sensation is yeah. funny. Uh, yeah. So I so used, now a Tom Hardy Bane less... is a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, it's used much less bluntly and has now been taken over by the artists of the craft who mm -hmm. want to use it to remind mm -hmm. you of a time where things were easier and simpler. Things were it was a simpler time. We thought the worst it was going to get was Dark Knight Rises. That's what we thought. That's what we thought at a time. And you know what? That Dark Knight Rises is the worst movie that I love wholeheartedly. It is a movie that I love, and I cannot stand up for one single decision that they made. I cannot defend hmm. any choices that were made. I love it. It's a great film. It's, what a beautiful mess it is. You just you just quoted a Rascal Flatts thong. Rascal Flatts song, not thong. Did I? That's... I'm pretty sure. I was unconscious. I listen. I've never intentionally evoked <laughs> Rascal Flats. I've never, of my own volition, evoked the Rascal Flat. Not once. Not their cover of "Life Is a Highway" for the original Cars soundtrack. Never. And you know what? I'm out of Rascal Flats songs that I know. <laughs> we have exhausted the list. Oh, okay. I, I take it back. It's not Rascal Flats. It's Diamond Rio. No, you're making that up. I'm not. That's not real. You making that up? I don't. I mean, I'm looking at the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rio. No, no, it's this. It's beautiful mess by Diamond Rio. My Rio. My favorite two movies about tropical birds. One of which was Jesse Eisenberg telling you exactly when Rio came out in theaters, because Jesse Eisenberg is in it. Jesse. Oh shit. We just like connected a weird through line. <laughs> from dc and jesse eisenberg to rio right back around been, baby oh, there's nothing you can talk about in a podcast that community can be involved in that does not tie to something later somehow some way without effort it's a window to all culture truly like there is no topic <laughs> that you cannot broach on some episode of community it's a beautiful thing in that way is that you don't have to get stuck just talking about the same sitcom over and over and over again because you can go on these long diverges about 2000 you know like going back to non-pixar animated films and knowing exactly what year they came out by who is in it you know you go back and you're like ah yes over the hedge starring the voice talents of bruce willis steve carell Wanda Sykes, Gary Shandling, 
<laughs> yeah, right? Just like, hey, animated movies are the new hip craze. Let's get all of these actors who will never be together in the same place because it's literally unaffordable. Yeah, we cannot pay Chris Rock and David Schwimmer to be in a live action movie together. It could never happen. But can one play a zebra and one play a giraffe? Absolutely they could. Absolutely yes. they could. Who's in Madagascar, you ask? Well, it's 2006, so it's Sasha Baron Cohen. That's who's in Madagascar. Jesus. Yeah, that's nuts. That's now nuts. And Pixar come out and have a big cast, and you're like, oh, shit, this is going to be great. Back then, we were like, oh, cool, look, all these famous people in one place. Can how times imagine? have changed. Oh, how times have changed. And Pixar always took the opposite track, where Pixar was like, who's going to star in our... $200 million superhero movie. Uh, Craig T. Nelson, <laughs> Ali Hunter, uh, Jason Lee, and you know what? We are going to sneak in Samuel L. Jackson, but before he's a very popular meme, we're going to put him in there. Um, yeah. You got to respect. Booyah, booyah. This is, of course, Advanced Community Studies podcast where we talk about community two episodes at a time. We are, of course, the Greendale Three. I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and I have the weirdest boner. <laughs> uh, I am your second host, and I am not Juno, Homeslice. Oh, man. My name's oh, actually Caleb. <laughs> talk about carbon dating a film by, uh, carbon dating a television show by its references. By its you, references? You, cro- you, you cut open Community and you get those Juno rings and you can see exactly how old Community is. Yeah, you're like, oh, 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 this is when this came out. Oh, this is when this came out. Yes, yes, yes. A a Juno Um, joke. Yes. Oh, it's very fun. I was just watching Scrubs before we hopped on, and they referenced Judging Amy, a television show, Judging Amy. And I was like, ah, 2002. Wow, what what an amazing time to be alive. If only we could travel back to this time when no one... (laughs) What is this? Back to 2002. Uh, of course, uh, we are the Greendale Three. The third is all of you listening at home. Uh, and uh, the guest that we have <laughs> in the second half of the episode is also the third. Uh, so uh, we got a couple of uh, kissy, kissy episodes here. We got a couple of yeah, big smooch up communities to talk about. Um, and Shmups, if you will. And already in my head. The two separate Venn diagrams of these episodes are, like, converging together. <laughs> like, like the stars are aligning. Because I'm like, okay, so Troy likes Annie, but not in the Valentine's Day episode. He likes her in the episode where they make fun of a movie. It's, a, it's an excellent time. They just, um, yeah, they just bleed together into one... Romance episode. One big romance episode. One big yes. cuddly pile. Um, I think one of these episodes makes a very good case for Jeff and Britta as a couple. It is not the one where they leave each other voicemails. <laughs> it is not the one that tries to work on them as a couple. It is the one yeah. where they are just allies in their little scheme. And you're like, look at the beautiful repartee these two have. This sort of like... <laughs> kind of respect but definitely some animosity it's a it's a great sense of romantic tension yeah that's the best that's the best i love it well, i love these two buds. Be the, yeah dude there's i i've said it like 12 times and it's only like the sixth episode that's fine <laughs> 
but every time I watch this show, I catch myself and go, man, what the fuck? Why is this so smart? Why is this show so smart? <laughs> Dang, and dude. Like, how'd they think of that? How'd they do that, though? <laughs> the, I don't know. I love these episodes because, A, they, they completely blend together, like you were saying. Like, there's this moment where you go, oh, wait. Shit, that's next episode. And then you're watching the next episode, and you're like, wait, I thought that was last. Didn't I just watch that? I don't know. I've watched the show too much. Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> yeah, I think I think your problem is there's just it's all starting to bleed together uh, in your yeah. in your own mind. Um, but let's 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 start here. Uh, season one, episode fifteen, romantic expressionism, uh, directed by Joe Russo, written by Andrew Guest. Uh, of course, in this episode, uh, Vaughn and Annie start to become a little item, uh, and to break them up and destroy it before it happens, uh, Jeff and Britta ignite this love of Annie in Troy, and then also, uh, there's a subplot about our favorite, uh, study group members making fun of, uh, a terrible movie called Kick Puncher. Yes. Uh, excellent. And if that's not too much to follow... Don't worry. You'll forget you're following that many things. It's great. Um, yeah, it'll all start to blend together, and you're like, okay, so Troy is in this second plot line, but it has no bearing on what is happening in the primary plot line where he is pursuing exactly. Andy. He is just exactly. going to chill out on the futon and make fun of movies. Um, yeah, he's just going to be sitting on the couch, and no one else is going to say anything else about anything else happening at all in any of the episodes. Yeah, but it's... you're firing them off with the speed and timing of the incomparable Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, this is, uh, I think, you have three characters in this second plotline. Yeah, we'll get to the first one where everybody's kissy-kissy, whatever. But in this, in this uh, uh, plotline where they're making fun of movies... Yeah, sure. I, you have three characters that this show will struggle over time to keep integrated into the main action. Shirley, Pierce, and Chang. But there's yeah. almost no episode where they feel more a part of the gang than this one. They, it yeah. seems so simple when you watch this. And you're like... It doesn't... Yeah. It's, it almost like sneaks up on you. Like when they're sitting down and Chang's just like in the room in... Is he wearing a fucking like suit, or matador costume, or something? What's the first? Isn't the first time he's sitting there? He's wearing something ridiculous, and he's like, "Yeah," because clearly the clearly none of my other clearly plans was, fell through. None of my other plans <laughs> he, fell through. He's wearing like a white tuxedo. Clearly, yeah, he's none like of my an ice cream suit. And uh, you, and yeah, you, you're just like, how how did this end up here? You don't know, but you just know it works, and it works so well that like when they say they're gonna do it another night, you're like. Yeah, these people totally hang out. Yeah. Yet you will not see them hang out like this ever again. Ever again. You know, again, I love what the show becomes. I do miss when they would sit around making monkey shines at a picture show. And it, perhaps I'm getting too up the show's ass here. But with Chang and Pierce in this episode, you have what could have been done with these two characters going forward. And to the show's... I will say credit. They try to do something way bigger and way stranger with how Chang could be integrated into the main cast, with how Pierce could, you know, ally and respond to these characters that he is a grossly different age than. Um, yeah. And it makes me say that they got it backwards going forward. That hmm. Pierce should have been 
the excluded outsider, and Chang should be the kind of surly member of the group, but a relatively... not going into the stratosphere of how strange Senior Chang will be in seasons following this one. Uh, sure. it, it just seems like they had it. The ball was on the tee, and instead of swinging at it, they picked it up and they threw it into the popcorn stand. And, <laughs> you know, everyone got to eat some popcorn. That was great. But they they really swing and miss the easy option. See, I think that that might have been a purposeful choice, though. Like, I think that... Mm-hmm. And I mean, understanding, not, I don't want to say understanding, I don't know the guy, but being a big fan of and watching a lot of Dan Harmon, a lot of the stuff that he does make has the potential to go easy routes, right? There's a lot of potential and a lot of different things that he does where you could go, oh yeah, let's just do this like other shows do it. Or maybe not even like other shows do it, but like, oh, this makes the most sense, let's do that. And I feel like there's a bit of a like, but what if we did something different that comes with community. And like, as much as I agree with you, I also think that they may have had their hands tied a little bit here because you, I would imagine, and I don't want to speak for anybody, but I would imagine Chevy Chase is probably a little harder a sell on being a crazy, nonsensical, not in the group character that I think, like you said, would have probably fit his character more. Mm-hmm. Had he been Chang's, had they just swapped roles completely and eventually Pierce goes fucking nuts and right. like tries to take over the school, that works a lot. And Chang works with the group dynamic a lot. But I do think that you had a Ken Jong who was far more malleable and far more willing to like, fuck it, dude. I'll do whatever. I yeah. was just in the hangover. I don't give a fuck. I'm kind of riding high right now. I totally uh, quit my job as a medical doctor uh, to come be on a sitcom. So I don't know. Show Whoopsie me what you got. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, <laughs> right. And, and, then you and Ken Jong is a more versatile like performer than Chevy Chase is. Sure. He, sure, he, sure. he has a wider range of things he can play. And I, Which, you know. Uh, this episode also comments on because one of the funniest things Chevy Chase's character can do in the group of people watching movies is practical humor, which is Chevy Chase's like one of his strong suits. Yeah, he can he can fall over a bowl of popcorn and he can still fucking deliver a joke. Like they, season yeah. one, Pierce is a strong joke delivery machine, and it's also really easy for me to sit here in my little chair a full decade after they had to make these decisions and not not Monday morning quarterback, Monday morning 10 years from now quarterback, what they should have done on this TV show when I am not accounting for any of the variables that come with trying to convince Chevy Chase to do anything with with trying to, you know, uh, integrate Ken Jong, who uh, at this time was sustaining like a successful series of film appearances on top of all of this. It's yeah. really easy for me to say you should have done this when, you know, again, to their credit, they really like take what could have been the easy out and try to hit a home run. They definitely could have hit a double. They try to hit a home run with these two characters sure. going forward. Sure, sure. Almost, if almost and justs were candies and nuts, then every day would be a dunk fest. <laughs> what on earth was that? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's an office reference. Oh, that's the other yeah. show I watched too much of, but shamefully, two other people started a podcast about that, so I had to do this one. 
Uh, are they Angela <laughs> Kinsey and Jenna Fisher? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. It's Angela, right. it's Angela and Pam from the actual show. Yeah, they when, when Angela and Pamela uh, got their little Office Ladies podcast, they went around to all the indie Office podcasts and started fucking breaking microphones. They're like, this is our show now, motherfucker. <laughs> this is our shit. We know more than you, so fuck off. <laughs> yeah, they're just pouring water on everybody's soundboards, erasing audio files from the hard drive. Fucking Pam and Angela got dirty. Went off I got his, I got hissed at by pay, by Angela. <laughs> yeah, every every fucking independent office podcast that was in like season three of their rewatch when Office Ladies was starting, they suddenly turn around and Angela Kinsey's just fucking standing right behind them, stroking a cat. <laughs> yeah. And they exactly, were never heard exactly. from again. Never heard from again. Can you actually though, can you imagine being like one of the bigger office watch through podcasts and then fucking pam and angela start one and you're like well all right close pack it, up. it up boys fucking pack it up we're done here it's over <laughs> it's over here at office rewatch hq put it in the uh, bunker boys i mean you know we talk and uh, uh we are uh, i i've become good twitter friends with like six other community rewatch podcasts so like it's all calvin ball everybody's just having yeah. a good time you do yeah, it because you want to. You want to talk to your friends. You want to rewatch a. Sh- you want an excuse to rewatch your favorite show. Fuck it. Sure. Everybody do whatever you want to do. We're all friends well, here. Yes, no one's exactly. getting rich off this. It's okay. That's what you think. <clears throat> hey, what do you know that I don't? Hey, are you reading Bombus ads <laughs> in in <laughs> gaps? Yeah. Are you reading me undies ads and you didn't tell me? Yeah, I've been sending them to you. Have you not been adding them to the show? No. Oh, I didn't. Well, sure. I didn't. I but I, I did put them on my other shows, and that's why I have this comically large me undies check. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say jacket, so I looked at your shirt for like a solid second before my brain was like, "Hey, idiot!" <laughs> He's not wearing. No, I am wearing a t-shirt repping my favorite wrestler, Mike the Miz Mizanin. Uh, and, uh, I, I, unfortunately he is not sponsored by MeUndies. Although, MeUndies, if you're listening, he's much more popular than I am. Go, go after Mike. He looks, probably looks better in undies. I don't, I'm sorry, that was mean. No, he's a professional wrestler. He looks better in undies. <laughs> that was my point. I just didn't yeah, want you to be like, like how dare He's, you? uh, professionally fit and hot. I am not. Uh, so, like, <laughs> you know, your opinion of how I look in undies may vary, but he looks better. <laughs> Let's not fucking get ourselves here. Uh, Also, in this episode, you know, they try to convince Troy uh, that he likes Annie and try to convince Annie that she likes Troy again. It's funny. I I had a good time. Yep. Is it's this not the- maybe it's maybe not as funny as being bomb sing along. Your team's out gore because your views are wrong. Well, but- nothing is. Like, <laughs> nothing is. Nothing is that funny. <laughs> That's the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, but it's good it's good it's good it's good quality stuff you have four excellent performers at the center here uh vaughn is one of my favorite supporting cast members so it's always good to see (laughs) vaughn when you can fucking steal him back from ncis or whatever Um, yeah still don't know if that's his first name or last name (laughs) excellent joke um i think is this the end of i don't know what the annie troy ship name is but is this where it pretty much calls it quits i can't remember it coming up after this 
and I'm flipping through and I'm not seeing much of anything. I don't think it really does. I mean, after this, it kind of shifts to Abed for a couple episodes. Troy and Abed? Um, no, well, yes, and Annie and Abed. Oh. There's a couple of Annie Abed episodes. There's a couple of Annie Abed. Um, they they certainly share a lot of screen time. I see what you're getting at they, here. They try to teach Abed how to talk to girls, and he comes oh. to her like Don Draper. And then... So good! There's the paintball episodes in season two where they're quite close to each other, but we can't talk about it until later. Love it. And then they live together for years, and I bet nothing happened there. Never. There was never a time Troy had to go home or Abed had to go visit family or Annie had to or go. Or Annie visit. had to go somewhere. They were never... The of the show. They're the throuple. They were never in a happy, functioning throuple and it just didn't show up on the show. And then Britta moves in and there was definitely nothing that happened there. There was <laughs> definitely not just like a beautiful polyamorous relationship happening in Apartment 303. I mean, it's called uh, community and people who live in a on a commune. It's a commune, man. That's Sorry. Uh, you know. <laughs> uh, that's that's all. as good. That is well delivered as I'd wanted it to be, but you picked it up. You got it. I got there. I figured <laughs> it out, dog. Yeah, solid, solid, solid ep. Uh, while we're solid. while we're between great eps, it's a solid ep. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. Yes. Then shall we? We shall segue on. Uh, Season 1, Episode 16, Communication Studies, directed by Adam Davidson, written, here's his first credit, by Chris McKenna, legendary community writer Chris McKenna, um, who will go on to co-run the show for many years, write many of its greatest episodes, (laughs) and and they they put him on the fucking Valentine's Day episode. Oh shit, and he went on to write fucking... Remedial Chaos Theory, Paradigms of Human Memory. And, Sp- um, and Spider-Man. And Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, yeah. I'm and sorry. Lego yes, Batman. he wrote many, many popular films. Holy <laughs> he wrote... shit. Yeah, what? my man uh, took his... Listen, Kevin Feige, head of Marvel Studios, has watched all of Community confirmed and recruited <laughs> a ton of his creative talent, his behind-the-camera talent, directly from community including but not limited to the russo brothers chris mckenna dan Harmon, um <laughs> uh, they uh they uh, uh ludwig goranson composer yeah 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 they uh he has seen and enjoyed the television show community and has used it as a tree for picking talent for a long time yeah it's great um unfortunately he never gave any main community cast members big parts in the movies uh, but say lovey, it is what it is. One could argue that Aaron Miles is a pretty big character and could be much bigger in the future. Could be could if be. they use him in a film. Which are they? Who knows? <laughs> who can say? Who, who can, can say? say? Exquisite. So uh, yeah, Chris McKenna, <laughs> who at this point was like an American dad writer, it was just like one of the guys in the Seth MacFarlane house. And then he is a is a mid-season ad, because writer's rooms shake up, you know, at the end of every season, in the middle of every season, you, you add, you take, subtract, and so you get Chris McKenna, who will go on to be, I mean, I mean, if we're talking about the writing of Community, one of the big three, it's like him, Dan, and Megan Gans are like the fucking holy trinity of Community writers. That's awesome. It's oh, it's one of the best, man. Uh, Megan Gans, I think, also joining at this point, though she won't get her first 
uh, name credit for some time. Maybe she joins in season two. I am forgetting the exact chronology here. But anyway, communication studies. Britta accidentally leaves uh, a, a drunk voicemail for Jeff. Uh, Jeff and Abed get the great idea of uh, putting their heads together uh, and making a drunk voicemail of their own to, to keep the power level even uh, because uh, romance is an episode of Dragon Ball Z. And... Um, <laughs> Oh, in the subplot line, Troy and Pierce are very lonely, and Chang makes fun of the boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about the man pants, or the, the lady pantsuits. Elegant ladies' pantsuits? Yeah, dude. Have you met me? If we're talking community GIF origins, that's that one right there, baby. That, yeah, I use that one good. all the time. It's good, man. It's real good. And just the... Oh man, the face that Annie makes when they try to save them and they volunteer, they're like, nope, we gotta do it. And she's got that like whimper cry face <laughs> that we are going to see easily a dozen times over the next two seasons. A dozen times? Four dozen times. <laughs> it's like every other episode. <laughs> Annie's cry face is second only to Donald Glover's as far as frequency. <laughs> we will see it on community. The only person who fake cries more than Troy. <laughs> Is Annie. Is Annie. And I think that's because she has, like, a season and a half more to get in her cry time. Sure, sure. Oh, man. Uh, so Exquisite stuff. Very funny episode. I enjoy this one. I like it. Yeah. No, it's very good. Um, I think that the... What's the... Um, oh, shit. What's the movie that Abed references that they have to... That they have to mimic the, like, romantic dynamic of? No, they have to mimic the... Oh, the friends thing. He's like, it's a, it's a, whoever calls whoever drunk. Anyway, that whole like plot point of like, you called her drunk, so we have to call her drunk. Or she called you drunk, it's, so we have to call uh, like, her drunk. Like when Phoebe saw Chandler naked or the Phoebe saw Chandler on, naked, yeah. On yeah. Friends. I have uh, not seen a tremendous amount of Friends. Uh, so that I've is, that is a, a seen, little bit of a blind spot for me. I've probably seen most of it, but but if you asked me how much I'd pay attention, I'd paid attention to, I'd have to ask you what question you asked me again. Um, Friends I, is, <laughs> and I mean this with no ill will, it is the most exquisite white noise in the entire world. It is the least offensive thing that you can put on in the background when you're cleaning the apartment or when you're you know, doing your taxes, folding your laundry, and that is not a, a slight. I don't want anyone to mishear me. It is not like a derision, but it is it is exquisite white noise. I feel like there's an emphasis on the color of the noise. <laughs> it is extraordinarily Caucasian noise. Okay. It is aggressively Caucasian noise yes, it's coming aggressively out of those two lavish apartments. sexual Caucasian noise, yes aggressively straight noise <laughs> yeah it's it's fine if you love friends it's cool uh, for some reason kids today love friends for some reason they've all found it on netflix and love friends again it is a little baffling to me uh because you know aren't kids today supposed to be like super woke and there's some stuff on friends that has not aged extraordinarily well oh it's, but, like, it's you know, the quarantine dale effect say lovey it's the quarantine dale effect you start quarantined. Yeah, well, uh, the Greendale effect is when you start expecting less and less out of life, right? When he, when Jeff describes that to Shirley's 
uh, husband, the quarantine Dale effect is when you've done so much on quarantine that you have to start sacrificing your high standards because there's nothing else to watch on Netflix. And so, I mean, here's the thing though. They've been on the friends kick for like five years. These kids, I'm these trying kids to make have myself like feel better about it. Kevin, I understand <laughs> I that you, I just it. can't let you lie to yourself. Like this. <laughs> I can't let you fib to yourself like this. They, they love it. They legitimately love it. I work with kids all the time and they still love friends. It's, it's a whole thing. Young girls, they love it. They love it. It's bizarre. It's yeah. bizarre. But we got yeah, it's bizarre. It. But you know, it's a bunch of pretty people. They're funny. They get to be uh, uh, handsome in New York. I get it. Yeah, I get it. And not I understand the appeal of one of the most successful TV shows of all time. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I love that Abed wakes up drunk as hell, and you if you find out that his his brain isn't. <laughs> impervious to sabotage. I can't remember. Right, the name he of the girl cannot. Uh, you like that girl? It's in that movie. Argo, Molly Ringworm. You broke me. <laughs> <laughs> Move for reference. Uh, my favorite joke in the episode is a pair of burns from Jeff to Britta. Of course, when Britta comes in hungover, <laughs> Jeff offers her an alibi for Cobain suicide. <laughs> Can I get you some water, seltzer, Alabama for a cargo man suicide? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, Britta uh, turns that around in the reverse uh, uh, later on. Good good stuff from the writers of uh, the television show community. <laughs> they know what I like, which is Kurt Cobain jokes. The, uh, I also loved Abed's Meryl Streep joke when he's got, when they all get their Valentine's Day presents and he gets a basket and they're like, what? You? And he's like, yeah, another actress who wants to be in one of my movies. And then uh, who asks? Annie's like, does that really work? And he's like, yes. Meryl Streep got two, uh, won two Oscars because of her baking. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, wait, I was trying to be sarcastic, but it didn't come out. <laughs> Inflection is so, so interesting. interesting. I'm Abed. I never watch TV. <laughs> uh, Danny Pudi's incredible. I know we all know. I know we're all, I know we're all hip to it. God damn, that guy is uh, fucking next level on this show. He's great. Um, have you watched Mythic I, Quest yet? Dog, we gonna have to be in quarantine a long time before I get Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast because the world needs to see how many fucking times you just blinked saying that sentence. The indignation you know, on your face was so strong. <laughs> You can see my indignation rel- relative to the amount of times I blink in the span of a sentence. <laughs> and, the, and I am not, you know, I bet there's great stuff on Apple TV+. Plus. You know, I want to see uh, uh, Dickinson. I want to see Mythic Quest. I do. But unfortunately, it is on Apple TV+, Plus, a thing I will never have. I'll get a one-week just... trial. What? I'll burn through that show, and then I'll cancel it and never go back. And then I will leave. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, everyone. I don't. I too often on this show I come out very anti something, and you know I want to apologize to all the Pams of the world for making fun of the vowel sound on your name. I take it back. I I'm sorry if you if you really like watching Star Wars trailers. I am sorry. You know it, it's fine. I don't. I want this to be a positive space. I just get ahead of myself sometimes. If you love Friends, you know you love Friends. It's fine. It's okay. And if you have Apple TV. Plus, if you own Apple TV Plus, if you are the Apple, you know, God bless you. I love you. I don't. I don't want any ill will here. <laughs> 
such <laughs> so much backpedaling. I love it. Like I'm not trying am... to be mean, it, but like while you were saying it, you were still kind of sliding with. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, if you have Apple TV, who no one should have, it's fine. You can have it. I, it's I hate fine. it. It's okay. It's fine. You know, Quibi, it's fine. I, I'm sorry, Quibi. I didn't mean it. <laughs> it's, we shouldn't make fun of the dead like that. It's, uh, you know, I, I'm bending. <laughs> I'm breaking my own spine, like... bending over backwards to cover my own ass. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, yeah, obviously, there's a lot to discuss in this episode of Community. Uh, <laughs> It's Slater, and unfortunately, I guess spoilers if you've never seen Community before, we're almost done with Slater. We have, like, two very brief appearances yeah. after this, which yeah. personally offends me that they it's would the do worst. this to me. It's the worst. Like, it happens so suddenly. It sucks so hard. It's not fun. And uh, it's, a, it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the worst. Um, so I put her in my movie pitch. I think Slater's Revenge should be the subtitle of the community movie. Oh, shit. I mean, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. Um, I do really like the the culmination of the the main arc of this episode, the Abed and I guess the tra- the, the Jeff, sorry, and Britta. Um, it's really nice. Evening out. Like the it, the head fake of like, oh, my God, he said he, he, he called Slater first and then realized he was – trying to call Britta and Slater took that the wrong way. And we've, we know we've that, that Jeff's been struggling with these feelings for Britta and like waiting to see how that plays out. And then Britta is at the dance, like super dressed up, which you're like, Oh shit. What did he say? And then you find out that she just dressed up to fuck with him, which sucks because it does actually fuck with him really badly. That's the greatest move I've ever fucking I, that's an incredible power move. It's so good. Uh, that she pulls off there. It's so good. And again, I mean this in a completely non-creepy way. You know, the old hot person salute for Gillian Jacobs at that dance. Just, uh, it's a sign of respect. Yeah, it's show. That it's, she has achieved what she has achieved. Yeah. She achieved what she set out to achieve wearing that outfit. Oh, good job. Exactly. You were the most attractive person at that dance. Until Slater walked in. But that's fine. That's for... <laughs> That's for other people to... But that's any room with Slater. Okay, so this conversation got lost to technical difficulties last week. But Slater is number seven? In the school? Who the the fuck else? Jeff is number two? So, like, where is the hottest person I've ever seen in my entire life that goes to Greendale? Yeah. Who is this person? Yeah, how? How does another person exist between... No, how does... Four other people exist between Jeff and Slater. No, I'm bad at math. How do five other people exist between Jeff and Slater? They exist between Jeff and Slater. Uh, We we might have cracked this last time that perhaps it is the study group that occupies all of the top slots. And, and Troy's the hottest. Ergo, number one is Troy uh, or, or, uh, or or Annie. You know, it's the one of our two options there. Uh, but it is it is the mystery. Is it Rich? Who is it? Is it Who is it? Is it Vaughn? Who is it? Who is the hottest person at Greendale? Did the Dean count himself as number one? He wouldn't. He's, you know, Craig is vain. But he is not so self-involved that he can't... He, he knows his 
position on the totem pole. And I think Jim Rash is a handsome man. You look at Jim Rash, he's grown this like nice salt and pepper oh, beard nice now. Scruff, scruff, yes, I love it. When love he's it. not playing the Dean and he's in his own like nice clothes, Jim Rash is a great looking man. But Dean Craig Pelton knows where he stands. Yeah, 100%. You're right. I forgot that this so, conversation got lost, and I'm so glad we inevitably came back to exactly the same place. Rose it back up. Now, if <laughs> yeah. we can only talk about fucking Van Helsing for 20 minutes, we will I finally... I still have no fucking clue how we got there. Brought all of our, our, <laughs> our dead uh, content back to this. Yes, place. yes. Um, um, but I this love is the, I love a, the culmination a lovely episode. of this episode, and the way it pays off, and the way it feels, because it does like set up the future, I guess. Because, as you said, Slater's not around for much longer, and there will be a Britta and Jeff thing? <laughs> you can call Je- it that? Britta and Jeff will never again be as heavy as it has been in the preceding 16 episodes. But we're not done with Britta and Jeff. Certainly not to the extent that we're done with Troy and Annie. Sure, yeah. Troy and Annie are essentially uh, whittled away on screen. There's, you know, all the assumptions <laughs> that you... our very eyes. No, I meant, I meant that their on-screen relationship is whittled away. Um, because there's there's plenty you can assume for the the universe they exist in outside mm. of the, the scenes of the show. That yes. you don't actually watch their love get whittled down on screen. Though you may. You may see that. I guess that's the last Depends episode, Depends on though, how so. you view our very valid thruple theory. <laughs> Are extremely, <laughs> extremely hard theory. to invalidate thruple theory that mm-hmm, obviously mm-hmm. that apartment was full of sweet lovemaking and good cooking. I'm just saying, in the second to last episode, when Annie is playing Abed's wife, it's a little too realistic. It's a little too good. That's <laughs> all I'm They've saying. They've been practicing, obviously, and Abed is a obviously. character actor, so one can only obviously. assume. He is playing the part of the husband when they dance in modern espionage. Again, it's a little too convincing is all I am saying. But for, you know, let's let's package that away. We'll package that away. We'll look for clues to validate ourselves as we go. It will not be confirmation bias. Uh, What's that? Never heard of it. Uh, It'll be great. I'm going to Google it real quick. Confirmation bias is uh, is in uh, scientific and psychological studies where because you are looking for something, those are the results you end up finding. I wonder, I wonder if Google lets you Google confirmation bias or if it just fucking goes, well, you know what you're doing and then just makes you, you do something else. Google's like, we get it. You're doing a bit. You're very funny. <laughs> you're yeah, very Google's funny. essentially your dad that gets the joke you're trying to make. He's like, yes, like, confirmation yes. bias, enter, and it's like, ha, move on. <laughs> yes, very good. Uh, yes, you've you've called the hotline and asked about our butt for, and then I ask, what's the butt for? And then it says, for pooping, silly. We all know how this game goes. Oh, my God. Uh, hey, but Kevin, I... real quick before we move on, knock, knock. Yo, who's there? Little old lady. Little old lady, who? Have you heard this one? <laughs> I uh, I put it together pretty quick. In you, my did. Head. It's, you did. You did. Know, the response fuck, is, I didn't know you The Da Vinci know. Code, it is not. It's, <laughs> it's pretty simple. <laughs> I feel so dragged right now. The Da Vinci Code, it is not. It is not. Uh, you my, know, my knock, knock. Achievement, my crowning achievement. Oh, who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Who? Moo! <laughs> 
<laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. You dumb son of a bitch. You dumb bastard. All right. So, wow, that uh, was as very always, I'm opening up. Yes, you dumb bastard. You dumb man. bastard. <laughs> Uh, excellent stuff. So, yeah. uh, I've opened up the Word doc, which means it's time to rank community episodes and end tags. Uh, end tags first. First on the docket, we have Kick Puncher. <laughs> I like this one a lot, dude. I like this it's one a lot, too. Shit, but I love it, especially the end. <laughs> I've been dressed up as a girl, and he's like, and then Troy looked at him, he's like, are you sure? Brenda said she wouldn't do it. And Ivan's like, nah, she's busy. He's like, all right, let's go film the sex scene. <laughs> uh, to you guys being very funny, you have all the classic bad filmmaking jokes, the bad split screen, the fucking boom mic. They're all there. Yeah. Very, you know, lovely stuff. Abed's got one of those, like, things that spins on top of roofs on his head at one point. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, those things that sit on top of, like, exhaust vents, the circular... Yeah, the whirly like Yeah, whirly, whirling dervish. That's what they're called. Whirl- yes, uh, it's uh, wonderful. Uh, mm, kick puncher. I feel like it's not as good as Do You Hate This? Barely. But I like it more than Coppelgangers. I laugh more at this than do you hate this which really just okay. has like the one joke it and, is the one joke uh, yeah sure you know i love the reference it is an end tag that just references the spanish rap again um so true. it's true hmm. so better than it's Pierce not as rap? good as pierce's poop rap okay i am <laughs> so, a man of simple tastes yeah dude it's you gotta you gotta find the the things that make you happiest in life so between pierce poop rap that's a hard thing to say five times fast and oh christmas troy pierce poop rap yes i can agree to these terms right. our new number six kick puncha uh and then next uh is when troy calls pierce a slut, slut! <laughs> i love it I might give the advantage to slut over do you hate this? If we're gonna talk about one liners that makes me yuck, that one that one I remember it's that first time seeing it and I remember like loud yucking at like two thirty in the morning at my grandparents' house. (laughs) How did you were you there? Dorsh. Dorsh, this is a funny TV show. So if Goofy's uh, yeah, a dog, it's... what's Pluto? Yeah, we've, you know, this philosophical conversation will raise on for all time. I've, I've um, already raised, like, three of them, but the two worst being, is Toad's head a mushroom, and is Goofy a dog like his dog? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm putting our, uh, I'm putting fine, our listenership you know, in a weird place. <laughs> if we examine the Mickey Mouse universe, there are birds... There are fish, like non-sentient birds and fish, so there is a subspecies. There is, in the same way that mankind puts monkeys in cages, but not, well, I'm not going to say not humans in cages, but it is more socially acceptable to put a monkey in a cage. <laughs> I, I believe there, there are different stratas. Yes, yes. Before I argue for fucking Mickey Mouse eugenics, we are going to <laughs> please put, let's move on. <laughs> put it in the trash. Um, I all right, so put it as our new number seven or eight. Sorry, new number eight. Yes, new number eight above. Do you hate this? All right, slut. Yes. Uh, 
Uh, and that is, of course, <laughs> all that Entag will be called. Yes. Um, moving on to our episode rankings. Uh, number <laughs> one, still Comparative Religion. Number 14, Spanish 101. Uh, we have uh, First Romantic Expressionism. So the age-old question that we use to decide these things, or at least start, uh, figure out where to start, is anything in Romantic Expressionism better than Vaughn's two songs from Home Economics? I mean... No, but I do believe it goes shortly after that because it is Vaughn's third song. Annie's song. Of yeah. course. <laughs> and Annie's song is nice. I like it. I do. It sounds I like good it. to my ears. She's like, <laughs> I like how they make fun of him, but, but Jeff, like, but he's honest. I guess his he's songs sincere. are simple, but he's sincere. He's real, you know what I mean? And that'll go, that'll go a long way. Um, it's almost, it's like community is talking about Parks and Rec, <laughs> where it's like, you know, it's simple, but they're, they're sincere. And that is why they have been more successful than us so far. Um, or Scrubs, you know, community could be talking about any number of shows. It really could be. Or it could, it could just be a line and it's not a meta commentary about their show. <laughs> yeah, um, earlier you apologized for potentially shoving community's head up its own ass and I'll I wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt by pointing out that community as as a as a baseline has its head up its own ass. So that is where the show lives. Yeah. That is it doesn't remember what clean air smells like because its nose so far up its own ass. Yeah, it's basically uh, just an autorectal exploratory TV show. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, inner space where they send the little <laughs> submarine inside a human body. It's um, inner space, but instead of a submarine, it's just Kevin bending over backwards to cover his own ass so much he falls into it. <laughs> one of these days. One of these days. We're going to have the cake so perfect. fucking spicy. I'm going to get canceled. Cake <laughs> so fucking spicy. It's so hot. Uh, okay. So hot. So uh, this episode's definitely better than interpretive dance. Yes. Don't think it's better uh, than Home Ec, Is though. it? Well. What do you say? I was going to say, I don't think it's better than Home Ec, though, but. I think it's more solid. I do. I do. I do. Like, I, purely the, the, the shout the uh, shout viewing movies, I think, lifts it just above Home Ec. That's uh, a very funny plot line. And then you have, you know, the A story of uh, Jeff and Britta messing with everyone's love lives is better than the A story of Jeff living in his car. So I think we can at least push this up above home ec. Sure. We also get this is like the not last, but this is one of the last for a minute times we're going to hear Troy volunteer for butt stuff again. Again. You yeah. know that he loves butt stuff. I think you know that I love butt stuff. <sighs> oh. So I think we're going to push this up. How do we feel about this vis-a-vis -vis the pilot at number six? Hmm. So we it's have a remarkably solid pilot, but it's yeah. not going to stay in the top ten forever. No, it's not. And I think it certainly like shows the group as evolved into more groups within the group, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. They all have mm -hmm. their little their factions that they can hang out with, which I think the pilot is kind of setting up. Yes. I've, yeah. I think I'd put it above pilot, for sure. Above pilot? Pilot, all right. It's not what better about... than Intro to Film. It's not better than Intro to Film. I it's can say that. It's not better than Professor Whitman. It isn't. No. Um. So right. So that puts it. You know, we're we're tete a tete. The first Halloween episode, Intro to Stat, versus Romantic Expressionism. As, the first as... Halloween episode's the introduction of uh, Slater. So that's introduction got... of Slater 
that's got Abed to go is above. Batman. Yeah, that's got to go above. So it's a new number six. All right, new number six. Uh, if I remember, S one E fifteen. Do I have to Um, I was just looking at that it. That sounds right. I can't tell you. Uh, All right. Well, yeah. that sounds sure. right. Uh, great. And so, uh, communication studies. All right, let's let, better or worse than the episode we just ranked. Communication study. Mm. Voicemails mm. and uh, the pantsuits. I think it's not as good as no. romantic expressionism. No, I don't think it's as good. Um, I. How do we fare with this against the STD fair? If we're talking about on-campus activities. I think it's better than the STD. Well, the STD fair has some really genuinely good moments about Jeff's personal and emotional development. Yeah, I love the Pierce plotline. I love yeah. Troy and Abed competing about who is better at athletics. But I impossible to guard. His eyes are so I. Sorry, I'm serious. Um, so I think we're not as good as politics of human sexuality, the STD fair, but we're better than advanced criminal law, Britta's pool trial. Yes, most certainly, most certainly. So right. new Excellent. number ten. Uh, number nine. Yeah, I'm bad at this. Okay, numbers suck. It's okay. I got For the me. I got the thing. I didn't get, I didn't start talking about TV to look at numbers. No, it's not why I'm doing this. This it is the first episode we struggled with the rankings in a while, so it's only going to get worse from here, folks. It's yeah. really going to get. Yeah. It's gonna. We're going to start picking these things apart. Now there are some obvious ones where it's going to be like, okay, you know, modern warfare or the season two paintball finale like there's some conversation <laughs> to be had yo you know uh, how we save but... ourselves from this being absolutely painful what we do a ranking of season one and then a ranking of season two and then a ranking of season three and when we're done we take the top five from every season and then mm. rank those mm. it, we'll consider it we'll consider it it may save us we'll some consider. some struggles but it may dilute the true the truest repairman if you will but I, but I also suck, and I kind of like how hard this is. I kind of like <laughs> yeah, getting yeah. really into the nitty gritty of it. Just imagine um, it in like eighty episodes. <laughs> I know, dude. Can't wait. I know. Can't wait. It's gonna be great. It's gonna, it's gonna be, be great. It's honestly tough, toughest right now because we're in this stretch of season one where you're like, these are good episodes. They're not great episodes. So how do these good, not great episodes stack up against each other? Whereas I have very definitive opinions about paradigms of human memory and where it ranks in all of community. You sure, know what I mean? Sure, sure, yeah. Curriculum unavailable, that that kind of stuff that's another level up. Yeah, um, remedial chaos theory. <laughs> remedial chaos theory, of course, and uh, the list goes on and on. But for yeah. now... Uh, let's, uh, uh, Caleb, why don't you tell the fine people, uh, what you've been up to and where they can find you. Oh, most definitely. Um, I have been working on video game stuff, man. So the video game podcast is every week. You can see that at nerdybits.com. Um, we podcast every Wednesday night. We've been doing our D and D podcast again, which is dope. We've been recording it. We haven't been bribed or, uh, publishing it yet. We'll put those together when the whole season's finished. But that's awesome and feels great. We launched a Patreon. So if you like our video game content, you can go to patreon.com slash nerdybits. And you can also buy merch at the nerdybits.threadless.com because we're trying to move up and forward in the world. Upward and forward. Um, outside of that, man, I'm a pretty 
insignificant bastard. Um, but you can follow me at lovewub, L-U-V-W-U-B, uh, everywhere it's important. I tweet much more than I Instagram because I'm not that hip. Uh, I don't like taking pictures. Nah, I don't. I mean, I do, but I don't do it enough. I like me. I like taking pictures, but I don't have any drive, you know, to go take pictures, just so I, I can understand. interact with my friends. So I just do I it on Twitter. That's pretty much me. What about Love you? It. Love it. All right. Love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, yesterday, but about a week ago, when you're uh, hearing this, I uh, I wrote up a little short story. Uh, called the once and future King of Queens uh, about uh, what if the sitcom King of Queens was like Game of Thrones and it was a power struggle for who was the King of Queens. It's like three pages, uh, tvskevin.substack.com if you want to find that and all of my uh, uh, Cola Wars shorts as well. Uh, I am publishing a week daily comic called Patty Plague Doc. Uh, you can find that on its own Instagram, Patty, P-A-T-T-Y, Plague Doc. Uh, and, uh, you can find that also on my Twitter at TV's Kevin Lanigan. Uh, I also have a Patreon, uh, to support, you know, all the work I put into this show and all the other shows, uh, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. That's the common branding that you can find everywhere. Um, and, uh, uh, I think, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll save you all, all that. And, uh, I'll leave you at that. Uh, we will be back next week with uh an excellent episode and also somehow our most referenced episode of community basic genealogy of the family day episode it has come up in every episode for not being a particularly good episode of community it has come up, it shows up. in every episode yeah yeah it so does. we're finally gonna get to that one um, we're also gonna see, and of uh, course the b- b- the we're going to see Troy get bullied relentlessly. Yeah, you get to see Troy get bullied, and also we get to see Billiards, which is a great episode. It is. Um, stay tuned for the guest interview after this. Uh, we will see you next week, but until then, pop, pop. Pop what magnitude? Pop what magnitude? What we haven't even met magnitude. If people are watching this fucking show for the first time, this means nothing. I see you when you smile. And I want to sing a song But then I write the words And they always come out wrong They come out wrong I feel it in my fingers I feel it in my toes But then words get frozen In my mouth like Eskimos I like your nose That's fun. You know, uh, if we, and now this is, uh, you know, we're really just, I'm taking some editorial license with your life story here, but if we just tweak this slightly, we have a great horror movie premise uh, where it's like, oh, we found out you had crazy person disease and we just didn't, we didn't tell you. We didn't think it was a big deal. You know, a lot of people have crazy person disease and live perfectly normal lives. If we did like a whole spinoff of like, you know how people say that your brain doesn't like, you know, fully mature until you're 25 we could do if like we wanted to do like a psychological thrill story we could do like the brain doesn't age until you're 25 and then like the crazy gene comes out or we could say you wait till you're 25 and then like some kind of like supernatural 
other gene comes out and like you're a werewolf your whole life and you just had a trip vibe. <laughs> Those are very different movies because the werewolf your whole life movie is in a very specific subgenre of YA fiction. Listen, I, just... I have a type. <laughs> and there's they've, they've secretly been werewolves the entire time. That's your type. Listen, it's men who <laughs> unlock the potential of werewolf from within them. When when you're poor and in Thailand at two o'clock in the morning on a bus, and all you have is the zero dollar books on Kindle, which happen to be werewolf slash werewolf porn, you don't always. ask questions. You just start reading. <laughs> yeah, almost. I I was um during a very broke time when I first moved to New York. I almost became an author of those zero dollar Kindle books. We really got close to. Now, I would have used a pen name when writing said erotica, uh, but we, we got very close to me seeing, like, okay, now I'm a 25-year-old virgin. Do I know enough about sex to write <laughs> professional erotica? Uh, and we we got right up to the line. It didn't actually happen. Because the person who was, like, hiring outside pornography ghostwriters, he only wanted, like, fix. And I was like, of the thick options you are giving me, the most, the one that I am most familiar with is Gossip Girl. But I am by no means an expert enough of the Gossip Girl mythos to be able to competently write you some Gossip Girl erotica. Uh, uh, Blair, that was one of their names. And she, she makes out with, whose name do I remember? Chuck? Okay, I guess she's making out with Chuck. As long as you're not like me and you always uh, confuse Gossip Girl with Golden Girls. Extraordinarily different shows. Very, right. very different <laughs> I'm shows. like, I would walk into that expecting one thing and being like, where are the old biddies? Where's Rose? Where's where? Where's Betty White? Yeah, where are my, you know, Blanche? She can get up to some erotica. You know what I mean? Like, I've, yeah, Discord's right there. I have not opened up Discord since the last time I played Overwatch, which was uh, an entire lifetime ago. I was a different person. I was maybe like a worm, and I've been reincarnated since then. Um, but the, the Blizzard app is still downloaded on my computer, and I'm worried that if I click open the Blizzard app, I will not be able to use my computer for four days as it, as it downloads eight new Overwatch characters, three Hearthstone expansions, a new version of itself, I'm sure. It's, it's, I, I can't touch it, but I fear deleting it because, you know, hey, maybe I want to play Hearthstone someday. Right. With those pro strats. You never know. You never know. Hearthstone pro strats. Uh, That's what I'm I... saying. Yeah, my Hearthstone Pro Strat, don't play for four years and never spend any money on it so your cards suck dick. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great strat. Well, I'm see, let far. me tell you about this fun game called Gwent and got into some pretty hardcore Gwent for there for a while. And uh, I realized that uh, I don't understand Gwent. <laughs> so <laughs> Some people are swords, but some people are catapults. I I don't know. This doesn't look like Yu-Gi-Oh cards to me. Although I was appreciative of the fact that Roach's card um, is actually Roach on a roof and Geralt is yelling at him to get down. Roach the Roach the big old horse. Roach the big not old Roach, horse. Not Roach the character from Witcher 2 and 3, which is very confusing that there are two beings, two important beings in this universe called so Roach. So question, question. Is Roach the horse named after Roach the person or is Roach the person named after Roach the horse? So is this a chicken and egg situation or was the writer just like, you know what? I really like the name Roach. All right. I got this for you. 
Now, Roach the Person, R-O-C-H-E, is completely original to the video games. Again, why they made him a homophone for Geralt's horse, I cannot say, but that was their independent decision. Roach the Horse is named after the animal, but it's technically the fish and not the the skittle bug. It's a it's a fish called a roach. And I realize I don't know what a roach fish looks like, but a, a, I'm kind a of fish. sad that it's not you know. a, a little scuttle roach because it's kind of cute thinking about a little scuttle roach just going wee as his knee goes on this little day. Yeah, I feel like it's a very but, carefree attitude, especially for a horse to have. Except if I had a horse ever scuttled, I would try and <laughs> run in the complete opposite direction. <laughs> if a horse were scuttling, <laughs> if its little legs were out to its side, and a horse belly low to the ground was sort of skeebling towards you. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank, no, th- no, thank you, horse. I'm scared. I'm scared uh, of horses as it is, which is weird because this is the second time this conversation has come up today. Do you think that horses would be as popular with a lot of young girls as they are if instead of being majestic creatures taller than a man, they skeeble scoppled on the ground <laughs> like a bug? I mean, do you think th- we'd th- still like them? There's gotta be like a girl out there, like you know, maybe on the quiet side, not too much to say. Because it's like, you know, there's like, there's horse girls, there's wolf girls, there's dragon girls. But like, what happened to like the bug butterfly? I found like a bunch of these dead animals in the back of my backyard and put them in a shoebox girls. Right, exactly. Like horses, if they skeetled, a horse girl would be a completely different type of person than we recognize a horse girl as now. I feel like the horse girls would become like the box butterfly girls. And like that niche of two different completely on opposite sides of the spectrum, groups of people will kind of start merging into one. Whoa. And we would have, a, like, a large... What a crazy alternate universe that would be. But the thing is, it's like, I don't want to think about a horse scuttling. Well, if I, if there are any talented artists out there in listener land and want to send me a picture of a horse scuttling, uh, I will accept it uh, at Greendale3 on Twitter. This is the interview portion of Advanced Community Studies, and I am joined today... Uh, by uh, an excellent artist in her own right. You might know her uh, as Gail Fox from the online spaces, but this is Victoria Courtney. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Greendale. Welcome to Greendale. You're already accepted. Uh, now, Tori, tell <laughs> me. Uh, uh, I, I like to ask the listeners, and I know the answer to this for the first time, but how did you get into community? Tell me a little bit about your community journey. Uh, it was with you in college. Uh-huh. Uh, freshman year, we got into community with a couple groups of our friends. And I went it- to college and I'm doing this? <laughs> oh, boy. We're both doing this. That's fair. So Kevin and I dated freshman year. And part of our group friends, as a kind of like a floor thing on Maria 2, was Kevin decided to introduce everyone to the world of Community, which was a show about a bunch of college misfits. And we're like, wow, in that alone, I can relate. They made a show about us. (laughs) Right? So we go in, and uh, it became like a Thursday night, like 7 o'clock show, like religiously in our friend Alex Holzman's dorm room. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the I want to say it was the NBC, or, or my, it was on Channel 5. Yeah, it was on uh, the St. Louis Channel 5, so the NBC affiliate 
Um, and, and y'all gotta understand this is Missouri. Uh, so this is, you know, the, the viewer base of the Missouri, uh, uh, branch of NBC is not the same as the New York or LA or even the Chicago, uh, uh, versions of NBC, which explains the stories that we are about to tell you about times when Community was supposed to come on TV at 7 p.m., uh, but was instead uh, a hostile takeover. It, everything was great for a while. I, like I said, I, we, I think it was that time that you and I made it through one and two, and then three was airing, right? Yeah, or our it, freshman it, it, it year, season like three... That. Season three starts a month into our freshman year of college. Right. It was kind of going great at first. Uh, every Thursday, we found out. We're like, hey, we really like this show. We liked season one and season two. Let's get everyone together for season three. And let's all go watch it in Alex's room. Because Alex had this wonderful, huge uh, TV. And had plenty the of huge space. TV. Had the futon. Like this. Our our boy Alex had, had the fucking yeah, set. Mackie's. Yeah, and then we get to, you know, these incredible communal moments where we're, like, watching Remedial Chaos Theory, the the multiple timelines dice episode as a group, and everyone is watching this fucking magic unfold in front of our eyes. It, it, it was say, beautiful. It was a community watching a community. And then, like, I will say that is, like, haha, it's a, it's a funny... But... Womp, it really womp. kind of became that. It's like, you know, you're in college for the first time, freshman year. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I don't know about you, but, like, everything was, like, super brand new to me. Honestly, like, I still lived relatively close to campus, so I even couldn't say I was out on my own for the first time. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, in that kind of setting, it was, like, the first time that I was ever really given the reins to kind of, like, go off and do my own thing. However, like, remedial baby steps that was, it was like, you know, instead of driving home at, like, 5 o'clock immediately after class, I'm, you know, going to call my parents and be like, hey, you know, my friends are hanging out tonight. I'll be home at 9.30. I'll be home whenever. Okay. And then by senior year, that was, I'll be home in a couple of days. Uh, <laughs> I'm sleeping, I don't know, somewhere. I'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's different. I mean, I was from, uh, I'm from a podunk little town in rural Missouri, so it was all bright, shiny lights uh, at Webster University. I was, I was blinded by the, the freedom I finally had. It definitely felt like watching them as this ragtag put together mismatched little group and like kind of like taking a step it wasn't really in real time like you don't think about these things when you're watching a show like that but like right now i live on the northwest coast i have a boyfriend i have a dog i have my own place like five years ago if you asked where i would be i'd be like i honestly have no idea but looking back on that and seeing just how important that little sense of community was in a college like that it's like yeah we had the community setting while watching community which brings me to the unadulterated rage we all felt when oh. that was taken away from us <sighs> because it was super important so yes. like i was saying the first couple of weeks went off without a hitch awesome we got in what six forty-five. chat a little bit seven o'clock hit Everyone shut up. It was community time. It's time. And then it was like, I want to say it was around like November or December, like 
some other kind of like wintry long kind of stressful period when like you know finals are kind of starting to hit everyone's Uh really stressed and we're like you know what we still have community nights it's all gonna be okay and then i'm gonna call her karen because honestly there's no other way to describe this woman and I yeah, understand she was a Karen. Not... Whatever her actual name is, she was a Karen. And she actually might have been named Karen. I don't remember. And I know it say? wasn't this woman's fault. This woman was just doing her job. But Karen decided, or her Karen studio at NBC, or the NBC affiliate in Missouri. KSDK St. Louis, the NBC affiliate. <laughs> let me tell you. That instead of reading, like, the... Uh, TV guide that came out on the weekdays and what was on the TV guide on cable where you open the menu and it tells you what show was on despite seeing that there was community clearly labeled from 7 o'clock to 7.30 p.m. CST they're like let's do some news this time we're, so we're all sitting no. there the first time this happens and we're, we're getting there you know Kevin's there I'm there Alex is there I want to say uh, our friend Nick was there I don't remember if Gabe was there, and I feel kind Adder of bad. subtracted Jacob, a Gabe, you know, the, the rotating group of folks. Right. Whoever wanted to be there was there. And so at this time, we're all, like, really ready for it. It's been stressful. And then we get, like, the NBC Nightly News logo. And we're like, wait, hold on. It's 7 o'clock, right? And normally, uh, for me at first, I was a little concerned. I was like, oh, my God, something happened. You know, this is a breaking news story. And I'm waiting for it to drop. I'm waiting for it. And this lovely lady in pantsuit comes on. And she's doing her little news spiel. And I'm like, she's awfully calm. And then I realized that it's just news. And nothing was breaking. It was literally just like, you know, here's what's happening around our city. And we're waiting for it. And I have this memory of like one of our friends like getting out his phone and like looking to see if it got rescheduled. And it hadn't. It was just, like, not airing. So we're like, okay, I don't think Community is going to be on for tonight. Do you guys want to see if it comes on later? Or do you guys want to see how this plays out? No, you know, I got tested in the morning. You know, I got homework to do. Night was kind of a bust. And so we were disappointed. But we're like, you know what? There's always next week. So we're sitting there next week. You know, another week has passed. Another week of stress and different kinds of things off campus and on. And we're like, okay, it's finally Community time. And we're sitting there. And Karen comes on again. And at this point, that's when, like, the raging started. Mm. I remember we all started shouting at her. And again, not this woman's fault. That is how important community had become to us to see this. As, Karen like, our was own... a symbol. Karen of, was a scapegoat. Uh, <laughs> Karen was where we could direct our rage. Karen was City College coming in and trying to ruin the fun at Greedale. And I, uh, you're right. This this happened uh, several times. I would amend something slightly. Is that sometimes it wasn't even the news. Sometimes it was like Christmas in St. Louis, and it was some like bargain basement produced. Like we're gonna go around to all the local shops at Christmas. We're gonna we're gonna go around and talk about what it's like to be in Christmas time in St. Louis. And what I've come to realize over the years, this is my conclusion of what was happening: is that anyone listening to this show is probably aware that Community was not a ratings juggernaut. Like, it it always struggled to find audiences that were watching it live. 
And the only conclusion I can reach is that the audience ship in the St. Louis district of, of, of people watching television at that time, there were so few people watching Community that NBC said, we got to put something else on. <laughs> so they, they're like, anything would get more viewers than Community. So they would just put on garbage or the news. It's like, we know the news is going to be on in a couple hours anyway and was literally just on before this. Uh, I think more news is what you would like, right? It's like the you NBC want, model. You want like, some puff pieces? I remember growing up when my uh, my dad used to like watch the news like religiously every night. It was always the five o'clock news, mm-hmm. and then it was like the Simpsons on like six thirty or six o'clock ish, and then you had like the news afterwards. And I'm like, that makes sense if you're like flipping through channels, but if you're doing, you know, five o'clock news. And then seven o'clock news, and then nine o'clock news. You only have two a two hour time span where people are like praying to God that something happens. What? It's How much news occurred? Call. How much news? So it very quickly became that uh, Karen began to become scapegoats for many other things aside from community problems. Uh, but I actually if the Xbox don't... wasn't working correctly, it was Karen's, it was fault. Karen's fault. <laughs> it was we were we Karen became the symbol of everything that was wrong and ill in this world. Because it like it took like for me, I understand it was all fun and games. But kind of looking back, it was like yeah, we were all really upset because like it took something that we really enjoyed away from us. And you, I remember you talking about the uh, ratings of Community. And I remember there was, like, a Save Greendale, like, thing on our campus where we tried to get the ratings up. And I don't remember if that was you or Wildenauer. Yeah. What what was the campaign there? I don't... You you know what I'm talking about, right? It's suddenly... Like, I haven't thought about it basically since it happened. Like, in, in like the back three senses of my mind, I remember there was some kind of, like, we need to have more community on the air kind of thing. I don't know what we did about it, but uh, I, I remember I, it definitely was a thing. There was maybe a petition? There was, you know, because a lot of people get into activism when they enter college, where you learn about the injustices of the world, perhaps They're for brutus. the first time, and you get very angry about it. And so our big... Uh, moment of activism was petitions and watch parties to try and get more people to watch community. Uh, Wildenauer, I know you're a listener. Fucking tweet at us <laughs> if you, you remember, remember this better than we do. Because like, I was telling Kevin before this, my memory of a lot of things is shot just because I have a horrible short to converting to long-term memory kind of thing even short-term memory is really really bad but like as i'm talking i remember like a lot of like these itty bitty little tidbits and the save community because i think it was just before the whole six seasons and a movie thing also came out but i yeah i do remember there was something that we did and honestly now that i'm thinking about it out loud it was probably a way better idea for us to all individually watch it on our own instead of one giant tv (sighs) to try and save community but right. you know what? I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, or in my case, like sixty sixty. Hindsight's twenty twenty, and also the the method that ratings are computed. I'm sorry, I, yes, I please, burped, please and I'm going like, to. I have no idea. Going to, I'm going to take that again. But ratings are not computed by the actual people that are watching it. 
because your TV doesn't know what channel you're watching and doesn't then send that information out to networks. Your your cable box is not submitting that. If it is submitting that information, it's submitting it to like advertisers to like tell you what you're watching. Um, but it's not. It's technically it doesn't work that way. Would only. So there was. Have you heard of the phrase Nielsen ratings? Are you familiar with like that term? Uh no. My okay, knowledge of TV right. and broadcasting is minimal. To say the least, I know what needs to be done for a good show. I don't know how it gets done. (laughs) I understand. Um, You've obviously allocated... You've allocated the amount of time I've spent learning about the production of TV to, like, becoming a great visual artist. So one of us spent our time a little bit better than the other. But Nielsen ratings are... Nielsen is the company that tells TV how many people are watching it. And they do this by, to certain specific homes, they send out a physical paper book. And you and everyone in the household are supposed to log in this book what you watched and when. So what I'm understanding is that in order to save Greendale, our best bet would have not to been to watch Community, but to go out, find these papers, (laughs) kidnap them... Yes. Fill them out yeah. and then bring them back to the news. I didn't know this information in freshman year. This would have been like crucial to know. I mean, the, the there are so few people because it's not as if, you know, say 40 million people watch the Super Bowl. That's the number that they say. 40.6 million people watch the Super Bowl. It's not as if 40.6 million Americans sent in these books they take the books that are sent in and they math it out right hmm. so they're like oh 10 percent of the books we got said they were watching the super bowl so do a little math and this x many people were theoretically watching the super bowl um and so that is the way it works so in order for us to have made any dent whatsoever we would have need to find a nielsen family have you ever met one because i certainly ha- have never um you did would we, we would have had college to with a nielsen we did i don't but think he was, guys. i don't think he, he was a philly in man I think it's just key. his last name. I don't think Sean had the inside had the inside track to the Nielsen organization. Um, but yeah, so we would have had to like go in there, tie some people up every single Thursday and fill out what they were watching so that we could game the system. And it it was it's just not economical. Um, and the the way that these uh, bits of information are calculated is very archaic and very strange. Whereas now, Netflix doesn't release its ratings numbers, right? Like most people, I don't know about most people, but it seems like a lot of people are watching Netflix as opposed to traditional like broadcast TV. But Netflix doesn't release its numbers in the same way that TV used to. It was like, okay, every week we release the numbers. Here's who was watching what. Netflix doesn't do that. So we just kind of have to take Netflix's word for it that Bird Box is the most popular movie that has ever existed. You know, we just have to kind of take Netflix's word for it that one-fifth of all Americans watched Bright in its first weekend. I have to uh, say that the thing that they're doing now 
with the top 10 most watched. I, I don't know if it was a feature. I like or that. Though. I do really enjoy it as well, because now I know I'm like, you know, this show is super popular. You know, I might find some people who I know who might be, you know, watching it because it's, you know, as popular as it is. Everyone's watching Tiger King. I don't know why or how, but... <laughs> All um, I know is that it's Netflix, everyone can't stop talking about it. Everyone is watching Tiger King. Um, and for a while... And, you know, this may shock you. For a little bit there, everyone was watching Community. It was it was breaking into the top ten for, like, days and weeks straight um, as people either rewatch a beloved show uh, or check out this show for the first time. And, you know, I think all of us have a little bit more time on our hands than we used to. Uh, so a lot of people are watching that Community. Yeah, um, it, so it it's was, just, uh, we just binged one through six, I want to say a week and a half ago. But it was my second rewatch, that's first rewatch of like, I think it was four and f I want to say it was like the end of three, because after that, after Karen in college, I couldn't go back. <laughs> she spoiled the whole thing. A, I, Karen didn't really... I didn't have the means and I, it wasn't streaming anywhere. And B, it was one of those things where it was like, if I were to watch and go back, I would either have to get like a box set and or like subscribe to something but like i said exactly. a very weird portion of like five and six like the end of five beginning of six i do distinctly remember watching but to this day i don't know where i watched it at where or when or how right uh, but I, like i said i, I remember say? the giant fist rv episode i remember how could you forget <laughs> how could you forget I remember the one with uh, the wedding. And part of me is like, I thought this was like way, way earlier. Am I just not remembering this right? Or like, did I miss something huge? And it turned out I missed something huge. I but, mean, uh, memory is such a strange and fickle beast that you can think something so strongly and it can end up being completely wrong. Oh, yeah. And, you're, and your brain is just wrong. Like, it's not. <laughs> the, it, there's no. Community gaps. Yeah, there's no Mandela effect. You were just wrong, <laughs> and it's okay. You know, <laughs> just put that in the L column and move on with your life. Take the L. <laughs> Say lovey. Yeah, take the L and, and walk it off, champ. Um, so yeah, you're you're welcome for a a, a little uh, lesson, everyone, about the the mechanics of broadcast TV. I learned um, something today. Yeah. Do um, they still still so the numbers, or is that like on the, out the window now? They do. I feel like it is moving the way of the dodo, A, because less and less people are watching broadcast TV as it airs. Uh, most, I don't know about most, but I feel like the vast majority of people I know that are my age don't even have cable in their apartment. It's just not something that we invest in anymore. Say so We have a smart TV, and I don't think I've ever used the smart function on it. Right. Like you, it's a smart TV because it, you know, you can get the Netflix app on the TV, but it's already on your PS4. So yeah, what's, the, what's the point? <laughs> exactly. And it's Evan. So the PS4 is on. I, I love you, Evan. Um, yeah, I know you guys were I watching community last week uh, because you were texting me about it. And oh, yeah, I, I was super I, upset I, because it was like, for me, like, I have a lot of good memories with Community and with you, and yeah. it was one of those things where I was, like, looking back, and I was like, you know what? This was a really, you know, like, happy time, like, remembering and going back on this freshman year and thinking about all these things, and 
I wouldn't say nostalgia because I have like a very I wouldn't say strict um, like criteria for what's actually nostalgic and what actually was just like nice to look back on. But I think actually community might be borderline getting into that nostalgic feeling, even though it's what seven, eight years ago. Uh, well, I have bad news about when we were freshmen in college. That was 2011. Nine? That was nine years ago. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> to uh, to be the one to break that to you. Uh, you know, community yeah, it, has been over was... for five years, and freshman year was, I mean, late 2011, but 2011 all the same. Yeah, it, it's been... Go- God, I've known you for a decade. That's... I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, don't be. Don't be. <laughs> I'm so sorry. In a very sorry. nice decade. Thank Give you. or take a few things right. in the world. Uh, yes, and I, I <laughs> like... In despair. <laughs> you know, things have, a couple things have changed in the I, last the, nine some, or so I heard years. someone was like, the, the, uh, the We Didn't Start the Fire lyrics from like 2016 on is just too damn long to fit in the song now. And once There's 20, too much stuff. 2020 hit... It's just going to be like, you know, like the study girl on YouTube that, you know, she's been studying for like X amount of years. It's going to be, it's going to need to be streamed with the amount of things that have been happening. Hip hop beats to relax slash study to? Lo-fi hip hop beats? Beats to relax to by Chilled Cow. Free shout out. We watched our share of Dicey material. The one I remember most prominently was the uh webster's screening of escape from tomorrow Holy the film sh- can i curse filmed gorilla style at uh, walt disneyland um a terrible film <laughs> like truly truly no good uh but I, we all had a raucous time seeing it i don't want to hike to the podcast to go back to you know escape for tomorrow but if you ever have a chance to just watch escape don't even like look at don't look it up don't try and see what it's about just go into well we had a converted church as a movie theater we we're just kind of metal yeah. but uh just go into you know your living room rent escape from from tomorrow and just watch it and like don't try and not say anything because like i'm normally a quiet movie goer unless something like it's really awesome like the scene in endgame that everyone knows what i'm talking about without telling oh, anything for sure uh, like my feet, like I know people, there was a huge thing the other day where a lot of people were like really upset that on a, uh, midnight showing opening nights, how somebody had recorded audio from a theater and it sounded as loud as like a rock concert with that many people getting in. Like, I love that shit. I love that feeling of like really basically what was celebrating what eight plus years of like emotional and story payoff in that time and then people are like well it's a movie theater you should be quiet and i didn't pay to have myself you know get things disrupted for screaming at me and i was like okay i get it you are entitled to your opinion and theaters are necessarily a place of communal you know watching parties but you also want an opening night and that's kind of a given now and that ties into our escape from tomorrow segue because that's exactly what we did as a group of 15 what juniors at this time, a, 50, a group of 15 film major college juniors walking into our converted church theater, not really knowing what we're going to see. I was looking forward to seeing the giant Epcot ball drop. Like, that was my whole reason for going. I wanted to see Carnage when that thing rolled, even though that's physically impossible because I know the inside, you know, mechanics and structure of it. Sure. But I was ready for that. What I got instead 
<laughs> I cannot to this day really begin to wrap my head around it, except my best friend Creighton made shirts that said it's Florida Gym. And that was my uh, takeaway from it. Uh, that the uh, entire that entire evening could be summed up in a very angrily spat it's Florida Gym. It's Florida Gym. Uh, yeah, and again, we will provide no further context. Everyone should, well, I don't know if everyone should watch Escape from Tomorrow. Just be prepared uh, of their watch own Escape from Don't watch it alone, you know? Crack some brewskis with some broskis. This is a movie that you need crowd reaction for. Or it's I don't not know good. I, or it's I, I don't know how I was going to get through it without like having emotional support afterwards. We went to a Denny's. That's how much it affected us. Like, you don't go to Denny's. You wind up at Denny's. When the we lights come up and you go like, to Denny's because of this. I need Denny's. That like, also goes to testify what kind of college kids we were, <laughs> is that we did not go to a bar. We went to a Denny's. I don't know if you're rolling with the drink yet. No, I can't remember, but we didn't even try. We didn't even. I say, it was, they would have let us in. But we went to Denny's. Uh, oh, there were bars in that area that would let us in uncarded. Most deaf. And and let us let let listener take nothing else away from this episode. If not, watch Escape from Tomorrow. Tori, why don't you tell the good fine people listening uh, what you're up to and where they can find you? Oh, um, well, nowadays, uh, I'm under a lot of NDA. <laughs> So I mean, congratulations. Yeah, it, it, it's nice, but like, I really enjoy doing some personal art, and it, it is a bit of a rough time right now. So, a lot of people are taking some time for like, you know, mental health and everything. But you know, when I post stuff, and I do still every so often, um, it will be on my Twitter handle at uh, ogalefox og. Um, Patreon is still uh, shut down at the moment, but I am getting things together for that, which is also at Gail Fox over on Patreon. And Instagram on Galegrams, which also has pictures of me because I'm vain. Oh, and I bet you think this song is about you. Well, uh, thank you for for joining me. And we got to walk uh, the youngsters through what it was like to watch television in 2011. An anarchic space where anything could happen. Especially when it was ripped from you. Without any warning. By Karen. In in Karen's cold, bloody hands as she tore your still-beating heart from your chest. This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show.